Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another week, and it's Super Bowl week in the NFL as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 227. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I sat down with the Eagles High School Coach of the Year, Dwayne Savage from Camden High School, right across the bridge in Camden, New Jersey. We talk about the development of young linebackers. Obviously, the linebacker position, central to a defense, to often the quarterback of the defense. I catch up with Coach Savage about how to develop those young guys, obviously at the high school level, but a lot of what we discuss can, you know, pertains to both college and the NFL as well. So we'll talk about that at the top of the show. After that, we'll get into a little bit what's going on over the next few weeks with the scouting calendar. Obviously a lot happening in terms of football operations. You've got free agency, the draft is getting closer, the combine's right around the corner, a lot going on with all the all-star games now in the rearview mirror. So we'll talk about all of that after my chat with Coach Savage. But before we get into the rest of the show, real quick, couple things. This week is the last week that we're going to have that survey open for people to help us improve that Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast in the fall. So all you have to do is go on to www.philadelphiaeagles.com slash Eagle Eye Survey. You can go right on your mobile phone to where you're listening to this uh, to this podcast. Swipe to the right and you can see the link to the survey is right there in the description of the episode. Or you can go onto my Twitter page at FDuffy3. All those places have this survey. And again, it's only going to be open the rest of this week leading up to Super Bowl Sunday. Sunday, that survey is really aimed at trying to improve the experience for you, the listener. It's not anything about monetization. There's no ads, anything like that. It's all about content, what you like listening to, what you like most about the show, things you'd like to see more of. So if you really want to help us try and make the show better, just take a couple minutes. It's like four or five minute survey. Just help us out in the long run. Also, the Journey of the Draft podcast, driven by AAA, we are going full bore at this point. We had daily shows from the Senior Bowl and from the, and from the Shrine Bowl over the last couple of weeks. We'll be doing it again out in Indianapolis at the Combine in about a month, but we're gonna, we've got a lot going on uh, over on that podcast. So if you're not already, make sure you are subscribed and you are listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast driven by AAA. A ton going on. We had some great access with members of the Eagle Scouting Department last week in Mobile, Alabama. You do not want to miss that. All right, let's get now to the top of the show. It's time for Chalk Talk with Dwayne Savage. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. We're really excited to welcome into this week's version of Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade by the Eagles High School Coach of the Year from Camden High School, Dwayne Savage. Coach, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. This is a great honor, and uh, I really want to thank the Eagles for honoring me and honoring our, our city and our, our team for this honor. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, obviously, you know, very well deserved, and uh, you know, just for a little background for our listeners, uh, you know, you've coached in, in New Jersey high school football uh, going back now, but over 20 years. Take us through just uh, your journey to where you're at now. Uh, I've been very fortunate to coach with some of the great high school coaches. Uh, I started in North Jersey uh, under a, a Whip, so a Coach Whip played for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he was Jacksonville State's running. He played for, was a running back for Jackson State. And he was the all leading, all time leading rusher there before Thurman Thomas. Mm. And his with the Cleveland Browns, 
Uh, Jim Brown took his spot. And then when I came down to South Jersey, I was able to uh, coach under some good coaches here. Um, Bill Gordon, who was at Rancocas Valley. Dave Riley, who was also at Rancocas Valley. Uh, Mike McBride at Woodrow Wilson. Also, uh, I was able to work with at Penn Salkin, uh, Tom, Tom Cohen. And then finally, I got my own shot at Camden High. Yeah, and you've been at Camden High now uh, for a handful of years. You guys went to the playoffs. Very successful season. I know it didn't end exactly how you guys would have wanted, but uh, a very successful year. And um, look, you're, you're sitting here now as the Eagles High School Coach of the Year. And I thought with your background uh, coaching linebackers on the defensive side, I thought we'd kind of structure our conversation, kind of teach fans some of the things that you look for and some of the things that you value uh, at the linebacker position. So um, you know, you've had a lot of success of uh, developing linebackers. I know you have a kid uh, who this this year is going off to Miami uh, and Tyrek Austin Cave. Uh, take us through some of the things that you value when you're uh, looking for linebackers to play for you at Camden. Well, you know, the one thing, the game has changed so much. Uh, I guess when, I, when we first started, you know, we, you're looking for guys that would just fill the hole mm. and, and, and really weren't big runners, but they were run stuffers. Now we're looking at guys that can run sideline to sideline. We're looking at speed. Uh, with, with Tariq, he has the speed. He can st- he's a stuff the hole. He's a student of the game. You know, the linebacker is basically the quarterback of your team. Uh, he makes all the calls for you. He makes all the adjustments. And, you know, it's kind of like if you go back to old days when you're looking at Mike Singletary, uh, you know, calling out all the plays, calling out all the formations. You know, that's what we try to have our linebackers do. Mm. Those guys make all the adjustments. And, and, and he's that guy right there. He's, he's going to be a player, and hopefully you know, we can see him play at, at a high level at Miami. Yeah, certainly. Watching uh, the playoff game that you guys had against Pleasantville here uh, at Lincoln Financial Field, the guy was making plays uh, left and right. You can see he, he stood, stood out on film. Yeah, well, yeah, Tyreek, you know, he plays, like I said, he plays with a high energy. And, yeah. And, and he runs a 4-4, and he's only going to get bigger and faster sure. you know, with their weight program. So we're really excited to see what he could do. You talked about his speed. What is the most important athletic trait? in your mind for a linebacker to have? Is it that sideline to sideline range, short area burst? Is it lateral quickness, balance? Like what to me or what to you is the most important athletic trait? Well, what we all, we always try to look at is it's great to have 40 times, but it's really, you got to remember when you put the equipment on, you're putting another 20 pounds on, mm. is how you handle you, with the equipment, your speed. You don't lose any of the speed. And, and that's the kind of guys that we like, uh, the sideline to sideline guys who can make up and you know, also cover the tight end or running back. And, and we've been very fortunate to have those guys. Uh, we kind of switched up our defense to a, a 3-5, kind of like what you see at West Virginia play. Okay. Um, just for that, because we try to put more speed on the field. I want to talk to you about just the, the development of that. So you talked about how, look, it's a, it's a space game now, and you need those guys uh, to be able to play uh, in the passing game. It's not just about being able to run downhill and stuff A-gaps and B-gaps uh, in today's game. Of the, uh, you know, NFL, high school, college, it doesn't matter. Um, Right now, we're seeing a lot of linebackers come into the NFL that really, I mean, they majored in playing. They Maybe they played safety. Maybe they played in the slot. They were overhang players. Didn't spend a lot of time in the box. How do you feel if you're, if you're recruiting a kid and you say, all right, this guy has spent a lot of time playing out in space. We need to teach him how to play in traffic close to the line of scrimmage and, and be able to fit the run inside. What is that development like? What, what goes into that process? Well, you know, uh, from the high school standpoint, we kind of look at – from guard to guard to near back. Okay. So we we kind of concentrated on on the on the guard play. What the guard does, you know, if the guard pulls, you're supposed to you know kind of follow him and be, be the cutback guy, or you know the new style of offense is where everything's spread. You kind of read the one back and and kind of follow you know follow him. 
So the guys who played in space really help us out because they're able to come down in the box and they're going to adjust when they make a mistake. Mm. And, um, and like you, as you can see, you know, a lot of the guys are doing that, you know, strong safeties who are strong safeties in college are able to play middle linebacker or linebacker at the, in the NFL level now. That's what I remember. I've, I've talked with some former NFL linebackers who have brought that up and said, you know, you've got guys that are reading that same triangle. You talked about reading guard to guard to back, reading that same triangle, but they're reading it from distance and they still have pass responsibilities, you know, playing over the slot. So it's almost more impressive to see a guy, maybe he wasn't used traditionally in the box, but he was asked to do all those same things while worrying about, oh, yeah, I'm playing 18 yards away out in the slot. Right. You know, well, that's the whole thing. Even if you're a corner, you know, every, we always try to tell everybody it's a triangle. So if you're a strong safety, your triangle is basically is your tight end or your number two receiver or, mm. your, or your slot receiver. So you're looking at your triangles from, from one to two or three to two. So even at the cornerback, that's kind of what we try to tell everybody is keep a triangle going on because – if one guy goes out, somebody's coming in, and and it kind of relates to pretty much every position on the field besides the D line. Yeah, and I guess every player is different. But is there ever a concern about you know all right, it, a guy's now going to see the game from a completely different angle on the field? You know, taking him from in space, and now we're going to put him to where there are more bodies and things are a little bit closer. Everything happens faster. That guys may react negatively to that. Well, yeah. Well, you also got to look at the you know the defense schemes. So usually, if you're a four three team. Uh, the, the defense linemen pretty much cover the linemen all the time, so mm. you really don't get blocked as much. Sure. Um, you know, if you're that odd front where you have to, you're playing over top of the guard and he may get on, get on you. Uh, so that's not really a good good spot for somebody transferring to a strong safety. So, you know, it also depends on your, your scheme. Sure. Well, what's the toughest part uh, about playing linebacker that not enough people talk about? Uh, well, you know, it's the film work that a lot of, you know, that goes in. It's almost like the quarterback. So you're you're the guy doing all the film work. You're making all the adjustments. You got to make sure your linemen are where they're at. And you have to know the defense in and out because you got to know the coverage is going on in the back. Uh, you got to cover man-to-man. You got to cover a back. It, you know, it, a linebacker has to be a guy that, that really is very intelligent. Um, he, he can run. And, you know, and also he's got like contact. Sure, no question. We talked, uh, I think it was last year, might have been even the year before, uh, with a guy who certainly liked contact. Eagles fans know him well, Seth Joyner. Um, you know, a guy who was outstanding playing, obviously, uh, under Buddy Ryan, uh, you know, in the early 90s or in the, uh, yeah, in the early 90s for this team. I think when you look at, you know, what, how he played the game, I remember having him on the podcast and we talked about, What's going through your mind pre-snap? What are the things that you've got to worry about as a linebacker? Take us through like that mental Rolodex of all the things. Okay, I'm a linebacker. It's first and ten. What what's going through your mind now before the ball's even snapped? So right. So now you're first to ten. You know, it depends on the team. You know, you're also looking at the tendencies of a team. Uh, you want to think about is going to be pass or run? And you know, a lot of teams first to ten at the high school level are going to run the ball. Mm. Where at at the next level is a lot. Of, it's going to be some type of pass, and you got to worry about the play action at the, at the pro level. So it's a lot different. Uh, so the whole point is you're just looking at your tendencies, which, 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 which you went through through the week, and, and hopefully, you know, you guess right on the first play, and you're looking at the formations, what they have, and, you know, a lot of times formations tell you what's going on. Mm. Is linebacker a position, you think, where uh, guys can get away with being – you know, just better athletes and win with their tools, or do you have to have that mental processing, those instincts to be able to play the position? Uh, I believe you got to have the mental, the mental part to play the position. Mm. Uh, I know you can be real physical, but you have to be mentally prepared to be able to be in that box. Mm. Uh, you know, you got to kind of fight your way out. 
you know, whatever, you know, how they say you got, you're fighting your way out of a, out of a paper bag. And that's kind of like in that box. Cause when you're stuck in that box, you know, you got to make plays. Would you rather have a guy that is a supreme athlete? Or let's let's assume instincts are, are even across the board. Supreme athlete or extremely physical and tough. Where do you where do you trend right now? If you got to pick between the two. Well, at the high school level, I want that physically tough guy. Okay, especially um, for the three three five, right? Yeah. So you you want the guy that that wants to be in there and you know is knocking, making snot bubbles, which you can't do anymore. <laughs> but but that's what you like to say. You know, the game has changed a lot as far as the hitting aspect, but. You know, you would like to see that guy who's, who can control from B gap to B gap. And, and you know, if you control the middle, to the middle, then they're all, everything else is good. What's the process like for teaching guys how to defeat blocks inside? It, you know, are you someone who teaches uh, using your hands? Do you want guys to win with their feet and be able to just try and win with quickness? How do you want those guys to be able to Well, feed? each individual player is going to be different. Some guys are, are, are great with their hands, so, so you, you teach them that. And then some guys are better with their feet, and, you know, you teach them – how to, how to get off a block. So, you know, you really have to – each player has to be different. You have to coach them by how – what's their, their best technique. Interesting. What's the – for guys that want to be able to use their hands, how do you kind of coach that up? What are some of the coaching points? Well, it's, it's kind of like – it's like with a, with a lineman. Um, so the lineman's hands are high. You want to you try to hit his hands away. If they're low, you, you kind of want to contact his shoulder. Um, so you're looking at, at their hand placement on you. If they, if they stay low – and you're going up top. If they're high hands, then you're going to smack their hands so they can't get on you. Talk about teaching tackling. I got to think that, uh, you know, I know in, in the NFL with the CBA, things have changed. College with the rules, things have changed. Has things changed in terms of teaching tackling at the high school level? Um, it, it's greatly a changed. Uh, we kind of, I guess it's been about four or five years when, which is kind of funny, when, when Coach Rue, when he was at Temple, and then also when Coach Ash was at Rutgers, we kind of got with them and, you know, Coach Brown, uh, Fran Brown and looked at their tackling circuits, and we took a little bit of each. Where Rutgers is real big on the, on the rugby tackling, so we took that, and then where we also took what, what Temple does when they come down with is all about footwork, and we kind of co- uh, combined both of them. So now we, when we when we practice during the week, uh, everything is stud. We never go to the ground. Okay. Uh, we also teach we teach a lot of the rugby tackling. Take uh, us know. through what what is a rugby tackle for the fans so so basically a rugby tackling is, is you're not. So, growing up, everybody had, was taught put your head across the ball, mm. try to bite the football. Always, always teach them, you know, see what you what you hit. So now rugby tackling is kind of where you come behind them, and you wrap them, and you twist and turn and bring them down. And so you're not you putting your head in harm's way, trying to limit the you know all the concussions and things like that. So it's just a different style. You know, they get it from from the rugby players how they tackle. You know, they all play without a helmet, and it's kind of transforming to the football. Football field, we're like the Seattle uh, Seahawks were big on it. Mm. And so we kind of changed our tackling to that. And then if you see us in practice, we use, roll, uh, we call them donuts. We roll them, you tackle yep. them and things like that. And, you know, the whole point is this: no one goes to the ground now. And, and you're limiting. Uh, we, don't, we don't go to full gear at all unless it's a, a scrimmage or a game. Really? So, so we're, we're all in shorts and shoulder pads, you know, the whole week or – or we're just in helmets trying to get it right and trying to make everybody healthy from, from you know, the seven days that you get. Sure, yeah. You talked about those donuts. The Eagles in the past have used those as well during the spring. Uh, you know, just basically for fans, you know, kind of visualize it. I think of like a human-sized giant ring that can the coach will just roll, and now the, the guy's got to go in and, and kind of wrap tackle or, as you said, uh, rugby tackle that thing to the ground. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing because you can roll it sideways where you can, you know, stick your arm in and, and – and, 
tackle that way. You can roll that at a person where they're breaking down and, you know, scooping it up. So it, it, it's really helped help football. And then I'm not sure that the, the new one they have with the machine, you know, it's, <laughs> too expensive. Is <laughs> it's too expensive for us at the high school level. Yeah. You know, at the colleges and the pros, they use it. But, you know, you're looking at six, $7,000 machine that right. where you, it runs and, and you're able to tackle it and, you know, Hopefully we give we have, we know we'll be able to get one in one day. Sure. Well, talk about uh, quickly. We we talked about the physical part of tackling, the the approach and the angles that the guys take to the football is just as important. How do you kind of teach guys to be able to take the right angle to the ball carrier? Well, we try to look inside out. You're also looking at either using the numbers on the shoulder pads or your um, in the numbers on their chest, or you're looking at the you know the hips. Or how you kind of teach them how to take it. You know, inside out, you want to stay on that inside number or some people will teach that inside hip. Kind of stay on that and then work your way out. And then, you know, also you can use the out of bounds as, as part of your sure. your system on the outside. So you're, you're kind of using the numbers of the jerseys, how to get everything. Um, you We teach kind of like with basketball when you want to close out on a jump shot that you're breaking down your feet. We kind of teach that same thing with football that you want to break down your feet. So if a person's moving, you know, moving on a he's moving that you'd be able to still be able to move when he would make the tackle. Yeah. So if you're staying in that athletic position, you've got that ability to be able to react to right. whatever the opponent's able to do. Um, you know, coach, you talked about uh, the, the physical, the mental development. I want to ask you about the physical development. That's something that's always fascinated me from, you know, even just going from, obviously we, we deal with college to the NFL uh, in a previous life. I would look at high school to college. How do you deal with that when you're look, talking about middle school kids going to high school the physical development, trying to project what a guy is going to look like three, four, five years from now. Yeah, that's, that's very <laughs> difficult to do. Uh, sometimes, you know, what I, I kind of look at the facial hair. You know, I, okay. I look at an eighth grader if he has a full head of facial hair. I don't see him, you know, developing as much. Interesting. Okay. And then if I see a guy that you know still has like the baby face, no facial hair, I can see that he's still going to be able to grow. You just go like through the yearbook and say like, <laughs> all right, this guy's got it. This well, guy. <laughs> you know, when we're going down to the youth leagues, you kind of look at them and say, ah, right, okay. you kind of project. It's kind of difficult because a lot of times, you know, kids, the young kids that mature a lot faster will have the facial hair and they're the dominant guys on the field. And, mm. and you're looking at a guy that doesn't have the facial hair, he's a little bit behind, but then you can look at, all right, by his senior, you know, junior, senior year, he could be somebody that really is going to be able to help us out. So that's what I kind of look at uh, when I look at the youth guys. And then, you know, the training is, is a lot different now where, sure, uh, you know, the kids are, have to be in a weight room and, and get bigger and faster. The game has, has changed a lot with mm -hmm. that way. You know, doing some research on you and, and just, the, you know, your background and where you've come from, you've, it seems like you've taken a lot of pride in the guys that not just go on to play, you know, big-time college ball, go to the NFL, but also guys that, that go on to coach as well. So what, what is it that kind of drives that in your mind and brings that to the forefront? Um, well, coming from the city that we're in, you know, our goal, it, it is great to go to the next level and hopefully become an NFL player, but the, but the statistics don't don't put that there. So, you know, our goal is to make make everybody a better citizen, and then, you know, whatever we can do after that is is great. Um, you know, get that education, and football teaches a lot of great a lot of great things for us. Uh, you know, teach discipline, time management. So, football is real big. For, for helping the individual to start. Well, fans that are uh, that are local to this area, Coach, will know um, you know the tragedy that was around the your guys' playoff game against Pleasantville and uh, a shooting at the game and uh, a, a child obviously lost his life and just a, a terrible tragedy tragedy uh, surrounding that game. As a coach, how do you kind of keep your guys you know locked in and be able to kind of uh, you know come together off of that and keep things going the right way? 
um, you know, that, well, that was a, a very interesting day, I guess, the day that, that none of the kids will ever forget, and yeah. I definitely will never forget. Uh, it, it was a tragic day for, you know, they call him Drew, uh, the kid Drew the, for dying. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it's kind of sad in, in, in our city. A lot of our kids have gone through that already. Yeah. So it was kind of easy. For, I'm not going to say easy, but some of the guys were able to put it back in another department in their head. Because um, some of the guys have are used to it or have seen it. Um, last year, before one of our practices, we had a, a shooting at a nearby store where a kid got got shot, and we had some players who were near there who were stopping at the store before coming to practice. So they came to practice like it was a regular day, and and, and you know I wouldn't have known about it unless someone you know had had told me that it was a shooting around the corner. So it, it's kind of sad that these some of these guys have already kind of put it back in their, their minds and it's something that they see every day. Yeah. So, right. you know, it, it was a sad day and, and it, it's kind of difficult for us to really talk about. We try to, when that situation, um, we try to have some, some counselors for them and able to talk and, you know, we wanted to see that we still want to play the game was, you know, because right now, you know, the kids the kids mindset is, is more important than the game no question I, I guess you know when you're you know coaching football and when you, you know like as I said I've, I've talked with lots of high school coaches over the years and uh, you know the the impact they can have on kids lives and as mentors not just in football but also away from the game as a football coach you're trying to teach those guys to move on from adversity on the field you know you deal hey you deal with a bad play mm-hmm. you move on you move on. but this is, is just something completely different so trying to get that whole team together and keep them going and, and continue to, to move on through the playoffs and again it's just it's small potatoes compared to real life but uh, I just found that I really felt the need to ask that just to, from a coaching standpoint what that was like just to get those guys to, to get through that adversity yeah well you know uh, I guess our kids are, are very resilient yeah um, like I said just going through a lot of things early in their life uh, like we have our former kid Sean Chandler uh, is well documented that he was homeless yep and but he was the he was the hardest working player on the team. You know he, you know you really wouldn't have known it, but he was basically trying to make his way out by his his work ethic and and wouldn't have never known it. And and, and now he's playing in the NFL, which is unbelievable as a free agent. You yep. know every week he has to fight, but that's that's what Sean is. You know yep. that's what it's all about for him. Four four year starter at Temple goes to the Giants as undrafted free agent uh, and sticks and has now been uh, playing for them the last couple of years. Well, Coach, uh, congratulations again, Eagles High School Coach of the Year. Uh, you know, best of luck, m- much continued success for you guys and your program moving forward. Thank you very much, and, and I appreciate the opportunity for, you know to, to be able to talk and, and talk about our program. Great stuff from Coach Savage. Really fun catching up with him. He does an outstanding job, obviously, right across the river at Camden High School. A lot of fun catching up with him and learning more about developing linebackers, especially at the high school level, getting those guys ready uh, for college and potentially the NFL. As he, as he mentioned, he's coached a couple of guys that have gone on to the NFL to play in the pro ranks. But uh, let's get into the next part of the show here. Again, appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. It might be on Twitter, might be on Facebook, might be on YouTube. I know we've got a lot of YouTube listeners as well. But the best way to uh, give us some support on this show is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, give us a rating, leave us a comment. And there are a couple of people I wanted to give a quick shout out to. Sean Wolford left a five-star review recently, longtime listener, so this podcast is awesome. More often than not, Fran and Greg are exactly correct. Sean, really appreciate the comment. And then Big Tawan left a five-star review. Short and sweet. Said it was, hey, it's enjoyable and informative. Big Tawan, really appreciate uh, you going and leaving that review. Again, Those that's the best way to help support 
support this podcast because each of those ratings, each of those reviews helps bump us up the rankings just a little bit and makes it more visible to everybody who wants to find this show uh, and learn more about X's and O's, not just about the Eagles, but all around the NFL. All right, so... Great stuff from both of you. Thank you. And thank you all for all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. All right. I mentioned earlier that when I was out at the Senior Bowl, down at the Shrine Bowl, talked with scouts from around the NFL and just got a sense of, okay, what, what happens next? What's the next part uh, of your calendar here as you get ready for the combine? And really, these guys have a full plate. <laughs> they all kind of said, oh, as soon as they said, what happens next? You go home, and whether that's home is uh, away from the facility or if those guys are, are local and they stay uh, in their home city, wherever they go, they go home. If they've got some reports they've got to write up to turn in to their scouting director for the senior ball or for the Shrine Ball, they'll go and they have to do that pretty quickly here over the next few days. They've got to turn those reports in. Sometimes they have to write full reports on everybody they covered it at the position. Sometimes it's only a couple of sentences and it's just, hey, what's the, the general feel of who you saw? How do they fit our, our team that we've got in place here at whatever team that they work for? So they got to go turn those in. Sometimes they've got to go and start getting ready for these juniors, these underclassmen that have declared for the draft. 99 official underclassmen declared from the college ranks going to the NFL. Uh, and so they've got to do a lot of cross checks now. You know, some, obviously the area scouts—they're pretty much aware of those players, but. You're going to have your cross-checker. So let's say you're the West Coast scout. You're going to know all the players in your area, but you may be assigned to now scout the offensive line or wide receivers or corners. So you're going to go through and watch all those corners that declared for the draft, guys you haven't done yet, uh, and you want to make sure that you are able to fill out your report before the combine, before the team is able to meet with them out in Indianapolis. So you've got that side of it. There's also the self-scouting side. A lot of teams will have those guys start to watch your own team, make sure that you're uh, up to speed on everything that that team's got. There's free agent reports. Every team uh, obviously getting ready for free agency that starts in early March. So there's a lot that's going on. Obviously, there's coaching hires also uh, in the mix as well, but uh, that's more for the for the upper level, the upper management. And when you're talking about the scouts now, this is what they have to do over the next couple of weeks, and it starts today, really. As soon as they get back home, they're really starting to churn ahead, getting ready for free agency, for the combine, and really finishing, putting the finishing touches on the reports that they have had to, had to get done after the senior ball. So uh, it was a lot of fun going down to Mobile. Always, always is. Again, if you're not already, make sure you tune in over to the Journey of the Draft podcast driven by AAA. You can go and just binge all the stuff uh, that we put out last week from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. All right, great show this week. Really fun catching up with Coach Savage as he was won the award uh, for the Eagles as their national high school or for their local high school coach of the year. Uh, really, really fun catching up with him. That'll do it, though, for this for this episode of the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.